right, 83 days till you are the ultimate jury. Glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. We got a lot to get to today. The vetting of, well, Kamala Harris has begun. The mob and the media. Oh, she's a moderate. Oh, she is in the mainstream. Uh, No, not even close. All they've done is say, I can't believe Fox is talking about her true positions. (laughs) That's it. It's an attack. It's not. A, it's called vetting. It's what happens when you're named as a VP nominee. Anyway, before we get to all of that and Bill O'Reilly today and my, my interview with the president, but the president, the vice president and Kellyanne Conway. And I believe I'm not sure who the other person is. I don't have my glasses on. Um, anyway, they're talking about plans to reopen. Oh, that's Betsy DeVos, education secretary, about opening schools. And let's t- let's dip in. Well, thank you very much, and, and Chris are on we're here to talk First, about President a very Trump. important subject, education, but also opening our schools. And uh, we have some of our great teachers and parents and a uh, very representative group. And we also have some uh, extraordinary experts with us. I'd like to maybe start off by asking uh, our Vice President to say a few words, and then if you would, Betsy and Kellyanne, and we'll go around and Talk to some of the parents and teachers, and thank you all for being here very much. Appreciate it. Please. Well, thank you, Mr. President. I, I want to I want to thank um, all of the uh, educators and uh, leaders who are here and a part of a conversation. And President Trump made it clear from the time that we made our way through the difficult days of 45 days to slow the spread. The president said we want to. We want to work with states to open up America again, but to open up America, we've got to open up America's schools. And at the President's direction, we've literally provided billions of dollars already to states to begin to open schools. And uh, Secretary DeVos and I, uh, as you know, Mr. President, uh, have traveled around the country to places like North Carolina and Indiana and Louisiana, and we are working literally day in and day out. Uh, with governors and state education leaders to find a way that we can safely reopen our schools. Our commitment uh, is to make sure that, that uh, our, our states and our, our schools have the best guidance. We'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, CDC actually issued uh, some new guideposts, Mr. President, not long ago, but the first document they issued was the CDC's position that it is best for our kids to be back in school. The CDC has recognized that it's a public health priority to have our kids back to school and in-person learning. Uh, But, Mr. President, as you've also made clear, we're going to make sure our schools and our states have the resources to be able to safely reopen. And we're calling on Congress uh, to work with us uh, to appropriate another $105 billion. We believe uh, that we can safely reopen our schools. We know that it's best for our kids. We don't want them to fall behind academically, but also uh, we don't want our kids to miss out on the counseling that they receive, special needs services, as well as all the nutrition programs that are available just at our schools. And finally, Mr. President, I know that uh, uh, you've recognized from early on that getting our kids back to school is first a priority for them, but also it's important for working families. Only about 20 percent of single parents uh, are able to telework. And so to open up America again, we've got to open up America's schools to put America back to work. 
we've got our kids are back in the classroom. And so, Mr. President, I want to thank you for your leadership. It's great to be here with Secretary of Education, with Kellyanne and all these remarkable uh, teachers in particular. As you know, I've been married to a school teacher for 35 years. She's preparing to go back to the classroom this fall, and I want to thank all the educators who are here for all the hard work you've done through these difficult days and all the work that you're doing to get our kids back to school. Thank you, Mr. President. Well, Mr. President, thank you so much for your continued bold leadership through this crisis, and uh, particularly with respect to getting kids back to school. It's been a privilege to travel with the Vice President to meet with educators, education leaders, and especially with parents and students to hear about what their needs are as uh, fall quickly approaches. And so I'm, uh, I'm just thankful to be here with this group today to listen and learn from you about what your needs are uh, as we anticipate getting back to school. And uh, Commissioner Corcoran, thank you for your bold leadership in Florida, really setting high expectations for all of the students and educators there. Um, we know that uh, for students and their families, they can't be held captive to other people's fears or agendas. We have got to ensure that families and parents have options that are going to work for their child and for their children's education. And so uh, I look forward to this conversation to, as to how we can ensure that we do not have a one-size-fits-all approach, but right, so that we do basically a town hall with educators, and, I'm, and obviously it's a lot of an issue that so many people care about. Um, I think there's going to be a sort of a hybrid that emerges in some places um, where people can pick and choose if they want, maybe to, to if they have the ability to telework, that maybe they would be able to educate their kids at home. And But even that for most parents, what a lot of people don't seem to realize is that's a lot of work. Because that means now the parent becomes the teacher on top of the parent and on top of everything else. And so it, it becomes challenging for a lot of working families. And, you know, to have help, it's expensive. And not everybody can afford the help. That means, okay, well, if the kids aren't in school and you got to go to work, then who's going to be watching the kids? And it just, you know, it's very, very difficult. Now, uh, we've looked at and we've covered on this program what other nations are telling us about the safety. Uh, Wheel Cornell Medical uh, Center actually put this out about how to safely reopen schools. And they go into, you know, what educators can can learn about this. And, yeah, there's going to be hot spots. Yeah, there's going to be uh, hiccups. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. No, it's not going to be perfect. Uh, but anyway, between uh, Cornell Medicine and New York Presbyterian, the researchers highlight significant consequences of keeping schools physically closed and recommended strategies used by countries that reopened and mostly managed to contain the spread of the virus. Now, I think it gets a little more complicated when you have uh, older kids in college that, you know, feel they're invincible and, and they're not going to be wearing the mask and nobody's going to keep them out of a party or a bar and they don't want to be the one or one or two percent that actually, you know, decide that they're going to wear the mask or whatever it happens to be. Um, anyway, so it's a discussion everybody needs to have. It's a real problem. And not everybody, the U.S. is not the same as any other country. Each country has unique differences. But they went on in great detail in this Cornell Medicine piece um, and, and the program. They, they said keeping schools closed has profound consequences on children, including regressions and in academic gains, increases in the rate of depression, anxiety, greater digital dependence, 
reduced likelihood that children are vulnerable to abuse, food insecurity, who have disabilities, etc. And as a society, we can't lose sight of the fact that children have been, they have tremendous needs that have to be met in this complex time. According to Dr. Erica Abramson, quoted in this study, and a professor of pediatrics and population health sciences at Wheel Cornell Medicine and assistant attending pediatrician at the Division of General Academic Pediatrics at New York Presbyterian. And additionally, 27 million U.S. parents depend on schools for child care. They're limited in going back to work if their kids are learning from home. Now, the authors of this, you know, noted that based on the available data that children appear three times less susceptible than adults to infection to COVID-19, the, uh, the multi-inflammatory pediatric syndrome that is a potential risk to kids who are infected with the virus needs to be monitored. Uh, the authors write, so, so far it's been only a small number of children is usually treatable, according to the authors. Then they give their what they call their six buckets of strategies and and how to do this and how other countries uh, as well have gone through all this. We'll put these articles on Hannity.com because I think they're worthwhile uh, for you and your family. Um, and these other nations, I, I, I just find the whole thing fascinating in terms of what we can learn. Officials, other officials say returning to classrooms has not increased the rate of coronavirus uh, infections. And when you look at Researchers, European authorities cited, and this is the Wall Street Journal piece on this, uh, the absence of notable clusters of infection in reopening elementary schools so far suggested kids aren't significant spreaders. They acknowledge that their findings might change with the onset of winter, cold weather, and and a recent outbreak at a Jerusalem high school. I think you get more problem. It becomes more problematic the older the kids are and the more. You know, this feeling of invincibility kicks in. But Denmark, Austria, Norway, Finland, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand, many, many other countries have reopened classrooms and had not had outbreaks in schools or daycare centers. Uh, In Denmark, they cited in particular in the Wall Street Journal piece, the opening of schools had no impact on the progress of the epidemic. Uh, And they became the first Western country to reopen. They did it on April the 15th. So we have a period of time now that we can look at regarding them. They imposed a number of precautions on teaching establishments, maintaining air circulation, social distancing, hygiene, mask wearing, etc. And in Norway, for example, the government won't close schools again, even if the number of cases they say start to rise. They started reopening on April 20th. Austria reopened May 18th. No increase in infections there. Schools in, in Germany... Uh, had experienced outbreaks at slaughterhouses, migrant shelters, a church, and a restaurant. Schools have been spared. Finland hasn't recorded any increase in infection since it reopened schools and daycare centers on May 14th. Uh, why children rarely develop serious COVID symptoms, how susceptible they are to getting infected, and why they don't ap- appear to be effective spreaders of the disease uh, are among the discussed riddles, they say, of the epidemic among scientists. Um, but that's what they're showing. Now, look, I'm not the doctor and I'm not the parent. And these are your kids and you have your own unique circumstances. But the information is, you know, for people that are really in a serious dilemma, if, if, if the choice comes down to they can't work, uh, if they don't stay home uh, and watch their kids, it becomes very complicated. Um, 
But I think we have to learn from what other countries do right. Just like we've learned that states that didn't protect the elderly, like New York, for example, and New Jersey, for example, and Pennsylvania, for example, or Michigan, for example. You know, I mean, look at look at the result. You don't send COVID-19 patients into nursing homes and long-term care facilities. Yeah, that mistake is still not owning up to it, by the way, in New York, which shouldn't surprise anybody. Uh, but, you know, it's it's far more complicated. So they're, they're pouring tens and hundreds of millions of dollars into the school system to do it the right way and do it safely. And uh, and I know that, and I actually am a big believer that parents should have the choice that there should be available to every school district, you know, some online component if, if the parents feel that strongly about it. I actually am. I know Kamala Harris doesn't want you to have the right to get your own private insurance, but I do. Uh, same with, you know, tell. I, look, there's no doubt about it. One of the outcomes of the coronavirus was going to be telemedicine is here to stay. Uh, teleworking is here to stay. And so is teleeducation is here to stay. That's just a fact. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941. Sean, you want to be a part of the program. Uh, by the way, we're learning, and we're going to vet uh, Kamala Harris at the bottom of this half hour because the mob and the media, oh, she's a moderate. Oh, she's so moderate, so popular, so moderate. Not true. None of it's true. Once demanding that Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey at Jack ban Trump from Twitter. Oh, now, by the way, does does anybody know yet? There's American first action. Joe Biden and uh, his now radical running mate, Kamala Harris. Yeah. Pennsylvania fracking industry. Bye bye. Because that's what's going to happen. And during a t- town hall, Harris outlined her opposition to fracking, saying there's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. You know, the ad uh, features a third generation oil and gas worker. When Joe Biden says he'd eliminate fracking, he's talking about my job and my future. That would be devastating for us. Pennsylvania, like Ohio, well, Pennsylvania is the second largest producer of natural gas after Texas. They've got almost a half a million jobs connected to that one industry. And by the way, that is going to be running there. Um, we, you know, this is funny, over at MSDNC, I have a commentator, Zerlina Maxwell, joining on the speculation that Biden might step aside to leave Kamala Harris as president. What Joe did today is not only make history by selecting Kamala Harris to be his running, but, but he also set it up that the first woman president could be a black woman. That's something that I'm just frankly in awe of at this moment, suggesting that the decision had demonstrated that she could be commander in chief from day one. Uh, why did she only get 2% of the Democratic primary vote? Susan Rice saying and expecting to get a prominent job in the Biden administration. I'm ready to serve. I'm excited about this. Can't wait for the next five Sunday show appearance. Uh, you know, it was funny that Biden needed crib notes to ask Kamala to be his VP. And then it was even fu- funnier that MSDNC, they cropped out the notes and minimized the, the phone that was held up backwards by Biden as he's reading the notes, just making his announcement. We got a lot more examples of Kamala suggesting that Biden is a racist that we have uncovered. We'll do the full vetting at the bottom of this, uh, right after the news at the bottom of this half hour. Uh, My interview with President Trump coming up. uh, Vice President Pence uh, on Hannity tonight. Willie Brown has said, if you're offered the job to Kamala Harris, don't take it. Knows her very well. We'll find out why on Hannity tonight. Uh, And uh, Bill O'Reilly today. 
And we'll get to your calls, 800-941-SHAWN, live free or die on Amazon.com, 40% off, bookstores everywhere, including Costco, Walmart, and uh, Target. All right, 25 now to the top of the hour, 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Uh, I guess we've got Biden and Kamala, their first public appearance. How much of this can we stand? Well, we'll see. It might be interesting. Uh, Anyway... Glad you're with us. Uh, Live free or die. Thank you. Week two now launching number one. We appreciate it. And more importantly, it's on sale, Um, which I love because I'm a smelly Walmart Trump supporter and saving money is great. And and by the way, just you can read it and then give it to a friend, a liberal friend, a teacher, somebody, kids. Maybe you can get an education out of them, which is the purpose because it's all on the line in just 83 days. I mean, we're counting it down. This is going to fly by. That I can assure you. And the next thing you know, you're going to be feeling all of those moments. Wow. It comes down to one day. Well, it comes down to early voting. And that's why we put the Hannity election map up on Hannity.com. When does early voting start in your state? How do you do absentee uh, voting? Uh, How do you register to vote if you're not registered to vote? Uh, who's your congressional candidate? And if you have a Senate race this year, we put it all up there. Information only Hannity.com. Um, but I've never felt such urgency in my life because it is live free, continuing this, the greatest system of governance God has ever given man, albeit, yes, imperfect. But we always strive and work towards and have a system that allows for us to become a more perfect union. We've made so much progress. And now we're at a tipping point. And, you know, literally this this is the, well, Reagan admonition that freedom is but one generation away from extinction. And I'd like to think that we're not going to be the ones that make it extinct. Uh, Because now we have the most radical ticket of any major political party in American history. You know, in spite of the lying New York Times and the lying people of fake news, CNN and MSDNC, Kamala Harris has what I think she's the number four highest ranked liberal in terms of voting record. It is atrocious. Her support for socialism, scary. And it is it is not news you're going to get when it comes to the mainstream media mob. They're not going to tell you. We played for you yesterday. Won't play it again today. You know, the debate where she just eviscerated Joe Biden, pretty much calling him everything. But you're a racist, Joe. Uh, We know that she also said the following to coddle reputations of segregationists. It's misinformed. It's wrong. The Ku Klux Klan celebrated the election of one of them. So this is a very serious matter. Yeah, that came from Kamala Harris. Uh, She also uh, was on CBS News and she commented about Biden's remarks reminiscing about his working relationship with segregationist former colleagues. Quote, we cannot be ignorant of history and the history of race in this country. And certainly anyone who was a leader should not be referring to Biden, noting that James Eastland uh, had called him son rather than, quote, boy. By the way, we have this new Trump ad that came out late last night. Do we have that one queued up? Um, and it goes right at the heart of this. Let's listen in. 
Kamala Harris ran for president by rushing to the radical left, embracing Bernie's plan for socialized medicine, calling for trillions in new taxes, attacking Joe Biden for racist policies. Voters rejected Harris. They smartly spotted a phony. But not Joe Biden. He's not that smart. Biden calls himself a transition candidate. He is handing over the reins to Kamala while they jointly embrace the radical left. Slow Joe and phony Kamala. Perfect together. Wrong for America. Well, then they have another ad. We're actually going to cue that one up. But she also said praising and coddling individuals who made it their life's work and built their reputation off segregation of race. Well, she's right. Now, is she going to, you know, backtrack and will the media not hold her accountable? Of course they will. They have no interest. They will not vet Kamala Harris. They're not going to do it. They're not going to look at Joe Biden's praise of his mentor, the former Klansman that actually filibustered the Civil Rights Act of 64, opposing the Voting Rights Act of 65. They're not going to they're not going to tell you the story about how he teamed with Robert Byrd, the former Klansman, supporting the anti-busing amendment, uh, saying that he he worried his children would grow up in a, quote, racial jungle, talking about integration. He's not going to talk about predators uh, on the streets. They're not, they're not, none of this is ever going to uh, be done. And we get that. They're not going to talk about, well, poor kids are just as smart as white kids, and we'll put you all back in chains in our... Obama first, mainstream, articulate, bright and clean storybook or the 7-Eleven. You, you can't go there unless you have a slight Indian accent uh, or a Dunkin Donuts. You know, it's it's unbelievable and worse. We'll get this ad queued up for you and we'll play it for you. So, you know, Kamala Harris called Jussie Smollett's hate crime uh, hoax a, quote, modern day lynching. You know, Kamala wow. Harris ran for president by rushing to the radical left, embracing Bernie's plan for socialized medicine, calling for trillions in new taxes, attacking Joe Biden for racist policies. Voters rejected Harris. They smartly spotted a phony, but not Joe Biden. He's All right, we just hit the wrong ad. All right, now, Biden VP Harris promoted a group that put up uh, bail for alleged violent criminals. People are now looking, the few of us are now vetting all this. She led the smear campaign against Brett Kavanaugh. Does that matter? You know, Harris pursued unsubstantiated allegations against him. She ever apologized? Not that I know. She was the co-sponsor of the Green New Deal, wanted to, wants to ban plastic straws, alter the food pyramid to limit the amount of red meat we eat. That sound extreme to you, or does that sound mainstream and, and like a moderate? She co-sponsored a bill that would force schools to let male athletes compete in girls' sports. Uh, Bernie's, or some, some Bernie people don't think she's left-wing enough, which is hilarious. Uh, and, you know, that, that is who Joe Biden picked. His economic czar is now Bolshevik Bernie. We know his Green New Deal czar is now Ocasio-Cortez. And I'm just watching with amazement. As, you know, the media just they're fawning over uh, Kamala Harris. She got 2% of the vote in the primary. Fake news, CNN, you know, her, she's a trailblazer. Vibrance will face powerful forces of racism and sexism. I mean, is vetting somebody's record somehow? We're going to get attacked for telling her the truth about her own very words, her own positions. Which, which happens to everybody that runs uh, is chosen to be a, a running mate in a presidential race. 
CNN's Soul Love. Oh, what a fighter. Remarkable moment. Expanding our imaginations. I mean, it's like Chris Matthews, you know, all over again. You know, Don Lemon, uh, you know, say this is what America's all about. I don't know what he's even talking about. Okay, people get chosen for vice president. Well, every four or eight years, whenever that happens to be. Um, now, she has other problems in terms of comments she's made about, well, if you're 18 and 24, you're pretty stupid. They're all pretty dumb. How's that What's the go? other thing we know about this population? And it's a specific phase of life. Remember, age is more than a chronological fact. What else do we know about this population, 18 through 24? They are stupid. <laughs> that is why we put them in dormitories. And they have a resident assistant. They make really bad decisions. Oh, okay. I guess that's how we feel about young people. How are you going to walk that one back? You know, it is um, it is everything that we've told you that this ticket would be, even before the announcement was made yesterday, albeit they botched that sucker pretty bad as, as well. And, you know, all these things that she said, but Tulsi Gabbard, her takedown was, was unbelievable. She's a co-sponsor of the New Green Deal in the Senate. I mean, this record is extreme and hard radical left. Eliminate oil and gas in 10 years. That's the plan she supports. Lifeblood of the world's economy. Immediately ban all fracking. Supporting a federal ban on plastic straws. By the way, she also wants to ban guns via executive order. Uh, And by the way, you can kiss your private health care insurance goodbye as she was the first supporter of Bernie's Medicare for All program. Yeah, anywhere between 32 and 52 uh, billion, uh, trillion dollars, excuse me. I get my B's and T's mixed up. She will raise your taxes billions and billions of dollars. That means confiscate, redistribute wealth, which is exactly what Joe is supporting with Bernie's economic plan. You know, talk about somebody that rushes to judgment. Well, she rushed to judgment on Michael Brown. Uh, and by the way, and even... Biden and Obama's Justice Department said, no, he was that was a justified uh, self-defense uh, shooting. And every investigation was a, when is she ever going to apologize to Officer Darren Wilson? I'd like to know. Just rush to judgment. A lot of politicians do it. They end up wrong. Praising the LAPD, hundred and fifty million dollars in cuts. That's not going to end well. One's comparing immigration ice to the Ku Klux Klan. Wants to get rid of ICE, transform it. She supports, by the way, sanctuary cities and sanctuary states and amnesty for all. Smearing our law enforcement officers, part of the part of the process. She wants to stop all construction of the border wall. You know, all of that that's all her record. By the way, when she was a, a, a prosecutor, a DA in, in, in San Francisco, their homicide rate, well, it surged of all the state prosecutors in California. She's been accused of prosecutorial misconduct, also been accused of disproportionately targeting minorities for prosecution, putting kids in jail and targeting them for the marijuana and then joking about it. You know, she was called out by Tulsi Gabbard for her corrupt practices as a prosecutor. Brutal takedown. So, you know, David Axelrod even said that, well, she wasn't even Biden's top pick. Apparently he wanted the ever incompetent uh, Governor Whitmer to be his top pick. And then Axelrod suggests it's because of race that he chose Kamala Harris. That's what he's saying. According to the Trump campaign, there's a lot more. 
Um, remember, Joe couldn't even remember she was a senator just a short time ago. You know, so she believed the accusations against Joe, but she believed the accusers. Joe Biden has another problem. The VP candidate choice matters here because it would be, you know, look, he's going to be older than Reagan was his first day in office than when Reagan left office. And, you know, how's it working out? All of all of these policies of liberalism and socialism and radicalism be the most radical candidate in the history of this country. It is scary. The things that they are talking about and the things that they want to do. On the other hand, you got the president, you know, Joe and Barack never got it done. Donald Trump got criminal justice reform done. Opportunity zones done. Police reform done. Uh, the largest amount of money for the longest period of time commitment to historically black colleges. And I think the most important statistic that nobody can deny is he shattered every record. Record low unemployment for every demographic group in the country. Joe and Barack never got that done. And they, by the way, don't forget, Joe was against the travel ban and Kamala was out there impeaching Trump while he was imposing the travel ban that's that prevented hundreds of thousands of Americans likely from contracting Corona. Yeah. Then the subsequent travel bans, they were against it. Hysterical xenophobia and fear mongering. Uh, let's listen to this ad they, the the Republicans put out last night. This is an ad you have to actually see a lot of, but we'll show you on TV tonight, talking about the race issue. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. I'll explain it in a second. Uh, You know what? I should have just printed out the other thing. But let me just say this other thing here. Um... So they're going to they're going to act like she never made these criticisms against Joe. They're never going to they're never going to vet her on her stated positions. You you see now that they've quadrupled down on radicalism, you know, flip flops, Medicare for all. I mean, all of this, her views on immigration, her views on taxes, her views on the new Green Deal, her views on sanctuary cities and sanctuary states, on the bureaucracy, oil and gas. All of this is on the ballot in 83 days. Why did I say live free or die? Because the America that created the wealth and standard of living and advanced the human condition, freedom, risk, reward, liberty, capitalism, based on what there are, everything's going to be free and we'll eliminate the lifeblood of the world's economy in pursuing it. This is madness. And... If America makes the wrong decision, I shudder to think about the die part of live free or die, because that means what has made America great and exceptional, the system of governance that has that has literally advanced the entire world's human condition, albeit imperfect. But it's the best that has ever been designed by man. They want to turn on its head on every single issue. Straight through the first, second amendment, you go right on down the line. This is a frightening ticket in terms of if their stated policies are ever implemented. Everything that's made this country great and exceptional and helped the human condition goes away with it. Sean's new book, Live Free or Die, is now available. Feel free to grab your copy in stores and online everywhere. Live free or die.
and America and the world on the brink. By the way, thank you. Launching us now two weeks in a row, uh, uh, number one uh, in the country. And uh, we're honored. But more importantly, the message is it's all on the line. I want to thank Amazon.com. They have a 40% discount. Costco's, Walmart, uh, Target, uh, even Kroger's, Barnes & Noble, uh, amazing partners and stores, Sam's Club, all these great places uh, have uh, taken the book, and uh, we're, we're honored that they, they chose worthy of being selected. They don't always take them. Um, uh, but I like you also saving money on it because it's not about me. It's not about one it being number one. It's about the country remaining free, and that is what's on the ballot in coming days, 83 to be specific. All right, it is now Wednesday, and it is, I hear in the background, some Leonard Skinner, I think. And, uh, yep, yep, there it is. Ah, simple man. I wish life were simple as simple man. Bill O'Reilly, all things Bill O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. I'm so grateful that I was able to... You know, overcome not one, but two non-cupcake interviews by O'Reilly, one on his uh, TV network and one right here on this radio program. And then I survived the town hall with Linda grilling me yesterday. And, you know, another great career risk on my part, Mr. O'Reilly. How are you, sir? You know, I only got a 20% discount from you. (laughs) I could have gotten 40 from Amazon. You only knocked off 20 from me. Well, hang on a second. I got a question. Linda, yeah. did we not send Mr. O'Reilly a book? I don't even I, listen. He I was supposed sent... to have an autograph book. Yes. Did I? He was supposed to. Was I supposed to mail it out? Because no, no, I, was, I mailed it. Didn't it. get there. I overnighted it from the publisher. Okay. I, I already sold that on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you sold it for wait a minute. Right you got twenty percent discount, which you're lying. You got it for free, and then you <laughs> sold it for like what full price? Uh, more. I got, you know, with the autograph in it, people are going crazy. So I, I cleaned up on it. Well, that. I'm just going to give you... Do- yeah. Now, you have a new um, book okay. coming out in the fall. I just want to warn you. Yeah. You're not getting a cupcake interview from me after the well, treatment uh, that I received horse, from you. Killing Crazy Horse, the ninth in the uh, series, comes out September 8th, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready to go now. No, it's this is going to be the wait. first non-cupcake interview you've ever received. Um, but you told me something privately. I don't know if you want to share it, but apparently BillOReilly.com, the interview that we did together, you were interviewing me, apparently shattered all previous records. 700,000 views in two days for wow. a website. For a Crazy. website. I, I mean, nobody ever saw these kinds of numbers. So anyway, I think it's me, but it could be a little <laughs> bit you. Well, wait a minute. What was the one thing different about that interview than previous interviews I hate to tell you, you're on all the interviews. I'm, the only difference was me being on it. And nah, and by the way, and you're thre- you are harassing me and threatening me for, you know, a month that I'm going to get the, you know, I've lost sleep for a whole month over you and then another week sleep over Linda interviewing me. Well, it could have been you a little bit anyway, but 700 <laughs> is a big number. So uh, let's get to let's get to Harris. I mean, do you do you ever meet her? Have you do you know her at all? I do not. I've never met her either. But as you know, in simple man land where I live, I have one overriding simple question for you, for Hannity, about... Wait a minute. I thought the cupcake interview, I survived two of them. Now we're going to go back to the grilling? Go ahead. This this is is curiosity. What's the difference, Hannity, between Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris? 
if you're asking politically, not much. Um, as I've been saying, Bill, I've got we've gone over a record with a fine tooth comb. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she eliminate all private health insurance options. Medicare for all. Co-sponsored the new Green Deal. Uh, is for executive order confiscation of guns. I mean, this is scary. This is the most so, radical, radical, extreme, so far left, talking, out of the mainstream ticket ever okay. by a major political party running for this office. So here are the facts, because I'm a big fact kind of guy. That simple guys like facts. Oh, well, you're Number insinuating one, by saying that that I'm not a fact guy because I'm a fact no, no, guy. I'm not implying anything negative. Come on, don't be sensitive on us. Oh, I'm, turning, I'm, t- I'm right. turning into a woke uh, uh, yeah, generation I, no, I'm wire. Anything. Here are the facts. So Biden-Harris, most liberal ticket in U.S. history, surpasses McGovern-Shriver in 72. And we all want to know what happened to that ticket, Nixon. Second fact, Kamala Harris was not chosen because she's a woman of color. She was chosen for one reason, and she wasn't chosen by Biden. Biden was involved with it. But she was chosen by the machine, the Democratic machine. And the machine has been behind her for her whole life in California and now on a national level. She was chosen for this reason. She will be the most brutal attack agent on Donald Trump. She has been hired to rattle him, to provoke him into saying things that might be considered racist or misogynist. And anyone who criticizes Kamala Harris will be branded that. So they get a person who's demonstrated in the Kavanaugh hearings how vicious she can be, far more vicious than any of the other vice presidential contenders. And then they put her in a bubble that says, you can say and do whatever you want, lodge any allegation you want, and they can't come back at you because we'll brand them racist misogynists. That's why she was chosen. Look, that's far from a simple man analysis, but I will say that what she did do to Joe Biden, and I went through before you got on the air, I won't reiterate those points, and the attack she went on against him, uh, on issues uh, from everything to race and and believing right. people that make you know these he's a creep kind of creepy guy allegations uh, that's real. But Bill O'Reilly, I will tell you that, that, uh, if I was Donald Trump, and by the way, Carl yeah. Rove had a very similar analysis last night as you did, and and by the way, that is historically the role of a vice presidential candidate to take the job of going after the the presidential candidate on the other side, very mainstream. If I was Donald Trump, I would ignore. Completely. Anything and everything. I I disagree. I wouldn't ignore her, but I would paint her into a disruptor. So what I told my audience on BillOReilly.com tonight is that I'm not interested in the partisan back and forth. Okay, Trump says she's a phony. I don't care what he says. Of course he's going to say bad things about her. But I want my audience to know, and your audience right now to know, is if Biden-Harris get elected, and the Senate and the House go Democrat. America, as you know it, vanishes. It's demolished. Because there isn't one traditional tenet that they uphold. But there are two things you need to know about Ms. Harris that are very, very telling. 
eight women accused Joe Biden of misconduct. All right. Now, I don't know the validity of any of it. I don't take allegations as fact. She does. She convicted Kavanaugh off nothing. And then when the FBI came back again and said not a shred of evidence, she would not retract. So apparently this woman has paranormal capabilities that she knows who's guilty and who's innocent, devoid of any facts. Okay. So eight people come forward and say uh, Biden did X, Y, and Z. In 1919, she said, Senator Harris said, and I, and I know you know this. That well, well, believed, in what year? In 2019. Okay. She believed all eight. She said in April of 2019, I use a soundbite, it comes from Nevada. I use it on the No Spin News tonight, that she believed all eight women. One year later, she was asked about Tara Reid. This is in March 2020. She was asked, do you believe Tara Reid? And she said, I think she has the right to say what she wants, but Joe Biden is the greatest guy toward women I've ever seen. In the space of a year, she went to convicting Biden of misbehavior to saying he's the greatest guy for women. But you see, Bill. Seen. There is there's already a bubble. And, and in this sense, your analysis is right. The media now, I mean, They'll they've already that. they're never. never going to vet Kamala Harris. Never. They're never going to dig into the comments she said about Joe. They won't look at her co-sponsorship of the Green New Deal. Uh, they won't look into the fact that she would deny Americans health insurance. Uh, they won't look into the, the radical policies. Listen, they, they don't care. And, no, and she. The, the, I mean, no, they, they want it. The New York Times and Washington Post want all that. They're simpatico with Harris. But if you look at Harris. I don't disagree, you, but their job is supposed to be oh, different. Their job, Hannity. I'm making a, a, a. I'm giving it a simple man point. They say that. <laughs> listen, job. if it was a Republican that had equally as extreme conservative views, I guarantee you, Bill O'Reilly, they would beat the living crap out of them every second of every day. That's true, and it's been established a thousand times. But here is the crux of the matter for Kamala Harris. She is promoting Black Lives Matter, promoting the radical um, belief that America is a racist society and that uh, we have. I've not heard that from her. I, I no, know no, no, that no. she rushed. I, I know that she rushed the judgment in the case in Ferguson and. Darren well, let Wilson. Me, let me give you. Let me give you the backup. I'm listening. Go ahead. Man always has backup. All right, Check Mr. Backup. The Colbert, the Colbert appearance this year. All right, she goes on Colbert and she rhapsodizes about Black Lives Matter and how. But is she? To to but I, this is an important question. Is she talking about the group Black Lives Matter? Mm -hmm. And I make a distinction. No, I think no, you do the too. Group. They, they, they. They'll be around. They'll be around. Pull the soundbite. It's unbelievable. The one, okay. In other words, the group that said, what do we want dead cops? When do we want them now? Yes. Not pe not peaceful protesters. No. that were No, no, no. She's down, heated on a massive level. She was raised in affluence in Oakland, California. She had every advantage. So she's telling the United States of America, you're, you're a racist country. Systemic racism. We've got to tear it all apart. But... I have parents. not heard, listen, I've not heard any of that part, but I will tell you what I have vetted and what I know and what I've seen. This is the most radical extreme ticket in history. 
Uh, all right. How does this play out? We'll ask Simple Man Bill O'Reilly, and then apparently Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will talk when they do. We'll bring you some of that and uh, much more as we continue. Glad you're with us. Biden expected to speak at, uh, well, in about 10 minutes from right now, well, less than that, when we come back after the news at the bottom of the hour. Simple man Bill O'Reilly is uh, with us. All right, let's stand back and give a big picture. The big picture is we're 83 days until Election Day. Uh, the big picture is the media loves Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They hate Donald Trump. The big picture is we won't have a debate and 16 states will start voting. How does this end up, Bill O'Reilly? Do you have a, a crystal ball? Can you tell us how you think this will all play out? If there is a pandemic relief in the form of a vaccine or a big drop in cases, then President Trump's support will rise. If it's still chaos on the pandemic front, so that a lot of people, particularly women, are angry and frightened in November, and Biden's got a good chance. Um, it's all about the pandemic right now. And that's frightening because rationality and issues don't really play into this. It's all about the virus. So that's why the president's so frustrated. And that's why Biden has a chance. I agree. And then he had a town hall with educators. I mean, this is a real problem for parents that are working, that don't yeah. have money to, you know, can't afford to have babysitters and, you know, uh, au pairs and nannies and all this. I mean, that's, that some people can afford. Most people can't, although there's certain services that, you know, offer that exchange student stuff at really low rates. But the reality is very, is this. Um, I think you're right about COVID. I think, too, that th this has been a world struggle, not, indeed not a U.S. struggle. Uh, we've now shown we can flatten the curve again in Arizona, Florida, and Texas, and, and then the precipitous drop if the patterns hold, which we expect. Um, but do you see it moving elsewhere from there? Look, the average American doesn't listen to the Sean Haney radio program or watch BillOReilly.com or even watch Fox News. Millions of people do. But there are 320 million people in this country. Most of them are ill-informed. And they vote emotion. And they vote what they hear from their friends and maybe what they see on the Internet. So therefore, to calculate now is impossible. I think that the debates will be very important this year. You'll get a uh, partisan breakout, but people will see with their own eyes whether Biden can stand up. And I think Donald Trump has really got to be at his best. If he wins on the 29th of September in the debate, that will even out almost everything. That's how important that is. All right. All things Bill O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. And uh, as always, thanks for being with us. And uh, we appreciate you always being here. When we come back, we do expect uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to be together. Let me remind you, I know you love freedom. How do I know? Because you're listening to this show, and this show and everything that I do is about preserving freedom, the form of government that secures our freedoms. It's the same with our friends at Hillsdale.edu College, Hillsdale College. I talk about them all the time. Committed to pursuing truth, defending liberty. Hillsdale teachers, they have stellar students defending freedom no matter what they major in. Science, music, economic, business, whatever else. And they do that for all of us. Through their uh, free monthly digest, you can get it. It's called Imprimus, 
Uh, five and a half million Americans receive it for free every month for free. And by the way, you, my friend, freedom lover, uh, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at hillsdale.edu. And generous donors make this possible. Anyway, start re- receiving and reading in Primus so that you can know how to defend freedom. All right, we expect Joe and Kamala to speak. And uh, don't forget uh, all the events we have for Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink is uh, available and up on Hannity.com, our election interactive map, Hannity.com. Deep discounts, Walmart, Target, Costco's, and Amazon.com, 40% off uh, if you want to grab the book. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, waiting uh, apparently Biden and Harris to hold their first joint event as Democratic running mates. The introduction yesterday didn't go all well. Uh, you know, it's fascinating to watch the flipping and flopping and flailing that now is all things Kamala Harris. Oh, I didn't mean that, that I believe the women. Oh, you know, the Green New Deal, you know, banning straws. They've they've quadrupled down on the most radical policies. This, you know, when I wrote Live Free or Die, the thing I predicted was this is going to be the biggest choice tipping point election ever. And I've said that with past elections. And you're saying, well, you said it before, Hannity. Except their stated policies will destroy this country. If, if they tax and spend and eliminate oil and gas and fracking, if they don't offer private health insurance and they move forward with this Green New Deal madness, both of them heavily committed to it, it will result in a loss of freedoms, unsustainable, unfulfilled promises, and it will result in poverty. That we've never seen before. It is unsustainable. It is unattainable. It is. It, this is a pipe dream. The amount of Medicare for all, no private insurance. Good luck with that. That's what she supports. The Green New Deal, she co-sponsored it. You know, her radical views on guns, we've heard them. All of this scares me more than when I, a year ago when I started Live Free or Die America and the World on the Brink. Their foreign policy frightens me. United Sanctuary States of America, amnesty, open borders, not a good idea. And, you know, stacking the court, ending the Electoral College, these are all stated positions of Democrats, prominent Democrats. It is now, you know, look at the team, look at this, look at what Biden says he will do. The stated policies of both of them ought to scare every American. This is beyond out of the mainstream. And the mob and the media will not tell you any of this. By the way, I want to take this quick break and just remind you, uh, all of you, money is freedom. Our friends at Pure Talk USA, they're saving the average person 400 bucks a year. In other words, if you use AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, well, with Pure Talk USA, now this is the most important part. How do you save on average, the average person switching to Pure Talk USA, how do you save over $400 a year? Well, it's simple. You get the exact same network, as those big carriers, the same exact towers, the same exact coverage, exact, no difference. Um, and average person saving 400 bucks a year, you get every plan unlimited talk, text and data, uh, but you have more data options than anyone else. Right now you can get unlimited talk, text and two gigs of data, 20 bucks a month with the same great service you always had, no risk, no contract to sign and if you do it right now, just literally take out your cell phone, dial pound 250, say the keyword save now, and you'll save 50% additional off your first month. Pound 250 on your cell, keyword, say it, save now, 
and you'll save all that money from Pure Talk USA. You know, it's um, there's an interesting piece that went up on FoxNews.com. It, now she's been announced as uh, Joe Biden's pick. Well, officially announced yesterday. The, you know, the positions are now back in the spotlight. You know, and it, it's phony. It's funny because they're upset. Oh, the Trump campaign labored, labeled her as a phony. And the Democratic ticket, well, she's not criticizing Joe on race anymore. What she said ended up being true. She'll just go out and attack Donald Trump and forget everything she ever said negatively and the mob will just go along with it. She's had a change of heart in pretty much every issue. You know, government should abolish private health insurance. Oh, maybe I didn't really mean that. Watch, you see. Whether recreational marijuana should be legalized, let's see where she goes on that. Because these switches are now inviting criticism, but it's not going to happen from the mob. This is only information you'll get from talk radio and a few of us on the Fox News channel. And talk, and uh, honestly, and a few conservative publications. By the way, did you notice that our old friend uh, John Kasich is now going to be speaking at the DNC convention? And he says nobody can tell him how to define conservatism. Uh-huh. Uh, well, let me just put it this way. And I, I don't spend a lot of time talking about the never-Trumpers. You know, the Lincoln Project. Uh, you know, there's a whole group of people. I've, I know a lot of them. I've known a lot of them for many, many years. I, I just don't waste my time talking about them. But I'll tell you right now, they can't claim to be, not only are they not conservative, they're not even Republican, but they act like they are. Because this is the most radical candidate ever, most radical for any for any pro, uh, prominent party this is the most radical president, vice presidential choice ever put up. And it's okay, John Kasich is going to support, what, the new Green Deal, John? You're going to support that? And you're going to support uh, the dramatic increases in, in taxes and open borders and amnesty and assault on the Second Amendment and no choice for health care and Medicare for all? Uh it's getting rid of plastic straws and cows and, and limiting how much meat people can have. Medicare for all, you know, because that's what they're supporting. And, and I watch people I've known over the years, and I knew Steve Smith and Nicole Wallace when they ran the McCain campaign. McCain was never a conservative, but he's certainly a better alternative, I felt, to the option, which was Obama and Biden. It turned out to be right. Uh, same thing with Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney pretty much advocated 90% of the Trump agenda. He just doesn't like Donald Trump's style. And I don't know what happens. I've said this many, many times that some people seem to go into a race and they all believe they're going to win. And for many of them, it just forever changes them. Hillary Clinton is the latest case in point. I mean, she's come up with more excuses for why she lost than I can shake a stick at. She's ready. She's back talking about Russia again. Another conspiracy theory. Uh, you look at, you know, Al Gore lost his mind after he lost the election. Mitt Romney, John McCain. John McCain promised the people of Arizona that, you know, he would vote to he'd get rid of Obamacare. He took great pride in going in and, and absolutely stopping it dead in its tracks single-handedly. Sad to me. Um, I have no expectations uh, the other amazing thing is, you know, somebody like Kasich, who actually did work with Newt Gingrich. 
and did some good work in his years in Congress. I don't I didn't think he was too half bad a governor. I wasn't really paying attention. But um, you know, I watch him and I watch, you know, now people on TV all the time, they say they're I'm a Republican, I'm a real conservative. And I know they're not. Because otherwise you couldn't support this radical ticket. It'd be impossible for you to support it. Because it goes against everything, even the look, I've always said Republicans are weak, spineless, visionless. They have no backbone. And, you know, we saw that on display. The person that has literally provided intellectual guidance, that's right, is Donald Trump and fortitude and, and courage that Republicans didn't have. 65 show votes to repeal and replace Obamacare in the House. When the moment came, it mattered. They didn't even have a plan. We had a plan. We have discussed it at length many, many times on the show. We have a number of plans. Why do you think we have Dr. Josh Umber on? Atlas MD, Wichita, Kansas. Healthcare cooperatives, 50 bucks a month for adult, unlimited access to a doctor 24-7. You buy, you buy your prescriptions before you leave the doctor's office. He, he literally goes out and negotiates with the drug companies, pharmaceutical companies, and you get the discount, 90% off. 95% in some cases, even, by the way, chemotherapy drugs for, for cancers like breast cancer. Uh, you cu- couple that with a catastrophic plan, there you go. You have concierge care for 50 bucks a month per adult. Catastrophic plan is the higher the deductible. If, God forbid, you have a, a bad accident, a heart attack, get cancer, you're covered, which is what insurance is supposed to be for. You know, do you really believe, I'm, I'm just stunned that so many people believe after Obamacare that Medicare for all or doubling down on Obamacare is going to somehow work because millions already, we've been lied to, lost their doctors, millions lost their plans, and we know that all of us are paying on average, let's see, 200% more. You know, it's unbelievable. Now we're going to take a break here. We'll see, well, I'm only going to dip in and out. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Joe and Kamala because we already know where they stand and watch oh I love Joe he's the greatest ever blah 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 it's not what she was saying in the primaries all right quick break back on the other side see if this comes up we also have the uh, other news of the day my interview with the president your calls and much more straight ahead all right glad you're with us now uh 10 minutes out to the top of the hour they're only two hours late this press con they really they're supposed to start at 2 30 well 3 30 Okay. Can we talk about what's being discussed right now? You want to take a stab? I got a couple ideas. Well, I mean, I don't think, I've been saying, and I'm very clear about this, I I question whether or not Biden has the strength and stamina, the mental alertness, the mental acuity needed for the hardest job in the world. He looks frail and tired to me. Maybe maybe he needed a hot cocoa and a nappy. Or maybe they're saying, now, remember her name. What's her name? What is it? Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. What's her name? Susan Rice. No, that's wrong. Kamala Harris. That's right. Kamala Harris. I'm I, I sorry. Mean, I mean, every time this guy, he's, he's literally not running a campaign. This is like a baby step campaign. He sneaks out of the basement bunker for an hour and it becomes an unmitigated disaster. You know, I mean, let, let's go back when he talks to this guy. Are you on cocaine? Come on, man. Come on, man. Are you on cocaine? Are you a junkie? He doesn't know the difference between an elephant and a lion. What the hell was that? Come on, man. You're trying to goad me. (laughs) I mean, he does. Listen yourself. Have you been tested for some degree of cognitive decline? 
I've been tested and I'm constantly tested. Look, all you all I got to do is watch me and I can hardly wait to compare my cognitive capability to the cognitive capability of the man I'm running against. Then it's the wrong cut. I don't know, Ethan, what's the matter? You're off your game today. We love Ethan. Oh, what's that? It's not on the wall. What do you think that means to the audience? It's not on the wall. Uh, it doesn't mean anything to them. Um, but it's fine. Everyone, I've got it down perfectly. And I'll put my cognitive abilities and physical fit, fit. What's the word again? All right, we got it now. Let's play. But please clarify specifically. Have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like oh, saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say to President Trump who brags about his test and makes your mental state an issue for voters? Well, if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I, on, I, man. I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean... I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There are going to be plenty of time. And by the way, as I joke with him, you know, it, I, I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't I, I probably shouldn't say. Anyway, I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental my physical as well as my mental fitness. And uh, to, uh, you know, to make a judgment about who I am. Now, these idiots in the mob, they said, well, you're making fun that he stuttered. He's not a, he doesn't have a stuttering problem at all. And I would never make fun of that. I don't think he remembered the word fitness. I think he was struggling to find the word, which is very different. Um, I, I mean, it's it just this is how insane the mob and the media is. And I'm just you just cannot deny the reality all right real quick we got time for samantha's in colorado Corey gardner's race is very important out there what's going on samantha glad you called hello sean it's a pleasure to talk to you pleasure's all I, mine <laughs> i uh you know i we i think a lot of us were kind of surprised maybe about kamala as a vp pick surprised in some ways not surprised in others you know she meets all the uh um, identity politics check boxes um but from my perspective, right, I, I hate to do this, Samantha. Joe and Kamala are walking out uh, for stations along the Sean Hannity Show Network. I think we're going to blow the break for this. Just this is history in the making. Ticket after a bit of a delay now addressing the American people. Being here, Joe Biden. I wish we were able to talk to the folks outside, but we're keeping our social distancing and playing by the rules. Good afternoon, everyone. To me and to uh, Kamala, this is an exciting day. It's a great day for our campaign, and it's a great day for America, in my view. Over the past several weeks, I've had the incredible privilege of meeting and spending a good deal of time with a group of talented women leaders, all of whom are qualified to be president. With each one, the more I learned about them, the more I talked to them, the more impressed I was, even though I knew them before. I want to thank each and every one of them for being part of this process. And I look forward to working with them as we rebuild this country to get elected and once we are elected, God willing. I approach this with a seriousness of purpose and of mind because this is a serious moment for our nation. 
We're at one of those inflection points. You've heard me say that before in our history. A life-changing election for this nation. And the choice, the choice we make this November is going to decide the future of America for a very, very long time. And I had a great choice, great opportunities. I had a great choice, but I have no doubt that I picked the right person to join me as the next Vice President of the United States of America, and that's Senator Kamala Harris. You know, and it seems Americans all across this nation, at least at the outset here, agree with me. Yesterday, we had our best grassroots fundraising day of the campaign, more than double our previous record. And in doing so, we set a single-day record for online political fundraising. And I think I know why. So I hope, I hope that you'll join us as well, those of you who listen today. Go to JoeBiden.com today. Five dollars, ten dollars, whatever. Kamala. Well, we changed from Joe three zero three three zero. We continue our coverage. She's experienced. She's a proven fighter for the backbone of this country, the middle class, for all those who are struggling to get into the middle class. Kamala knows how to govern. She knows how to make the hard calls. She's ready to do this job on day one, and we're both ready to get to work rebuilding this nation and building it better. As Attorney General of the largest state in the country, Kamala took on the big banks over mortgage fraud and won, took on big oil when it wanted to pollute without consequences. She was a pioneer in marriage equality and tackled the gun lobby. You know, we've all watched the United States Senate go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Trump officials, trying to hide the truth asking the tough questions needed to be asked and not stopping until she got an answer. And when none was forthcoming, it was obvious what the answer was. As a member of the Intelligence Committee and the Judiciary Committee, she's been the center in the middle of the most critical national security challenges our country faces. Well aware, well aware of all the threats to this nation and ready to respond to them. And as a child of immigrants, she knows personally how immigrant families enrich our country, as well as the challenges of what it means to grow up black and Indian American in the United States of America. Her story is America's story, different from mine in many particulars, but also not so different in the essentials. She's worked hard. She's never backed down from a challenge. And she has earned each and every of the accolades and achievements that she has gained, many of them, often in the face of obstacles that others put in her way, but never quit. And this morning, all across the nation, little girls woke up, especially little black and brown girls, who so often feel overlooked and undervalued in their communities. But today, today, just maybe, they're seeing themselves for the first time in a new way as the stuff of president and vice presidents. In her campaign in the primary, Kamala often talked about what she referred to as the 3 a.m. agenda, about moms and dads awake late at night in their kitchens, worried, scared, uncertain about how they were going to take care of their families. 
about how they were going to pay the bills, about how they were going to make it, simply make it. Growing up in Scranton and Claymont, Delaware, I saw that struggle with my family as well. Kamala saw it with hers as well. And millions of Americans are living that struggle as we speak, especially in this moment of crisis, especially with so many jobs lost. Kamala and I both know that all folks are looking for, as my dad would say, is an even shot. Just give me a shot, a fair shot, a shot at making it. And it'll be the work of our administration to make sure they get a fair shot. Working families need someone on their side in this nation because they certainly don't have anyone in the president now on their side. That's going to change in the Biden-Harris administration. It's going to be gratifying to see the strong, enthusiastic reaction to Senator Harris as our next vice president. You know, it comes from people all over the country. It's already occurring all over the country, all ideological views, all backgrounds. Events, of course, we are predictable, some of them. It comes from all over, except, of course, from Donald Trump's White House and his allies. You all knew it was coming. You could have set your watches to it. Donald Trump has already started his attacks, calling Kamala, quote, nasty, whining about how she is, quote, mean to his appointees. <laughs> it's no surprise because whining is what Donald Trump does best, better than any president in American history. Is anyone surprised Donald Trump has a problem with a strong woman or strong women across the board? We know the more is to come. So let's be clear. If you're a working person worried about whether or not you'll have a job to go to, whether or not you'll be able to pay your mortgage, pay your rent, worried about the poison in the air you breathe, the water you drink, worried about your civil rights, even your basic right to dignity, which is under attack with this administration. Kamala Harris has had your back, and now we have to have her back. She's going to stand with me in this campaign, and all of us are going to stand up for her. On January 20th, 2021, we're all going to watch Senator Harris raise her right hand and swear the oath of office as the first woman ever to serve in the second highest office in America, in this land. And then we're going to get to work fixing the mess that President Trump and Vice President Pence have created, both at home and abroad, through four years of mismanagement and coddling of terrorists and thugs around the world. Not only will America dig itself out of this hole they put us in, we're going to build, we're going to build back, and we're going to build back better. We have a public health crisis while he's in court trying to do away with health care. With more than 5 million reported infections, 165,000 people dead and climbing as a consequence of COVID-19. And still, Months later, no real leadership or plan from the President of the United States 
how to get this pandemic under control. No real help for the states and local governments trying to fill the vacuum of leadership from the White House. No real help for children and educators, for small businesses and frontline workers that hold in, they're ones holding our country together. Instead, the, he's issuing executive orders and making promises that in the end will defund the Social Security system while insisting that this virus will disappear. The Joe Biden and Kamala Harris administration will have a comprehensive plan to meet the challenge of COVID-19 and turn the corner on this pandemic, masking, clear science-based guidance, dramatically scaling up testing, getting states and local governments the resources they need to open the schools and businesses safely. We can do this. We just need a president and a vice president willing to lead and take responsibility. Not as this president says, it's not my fault. The, government, the governor should thank me more. As the old saying goes, give me a break. We have an economic crisis with more than 16 million Americans. 16 million still out of work. Donald Trump is on track to break another record. On track to leave office with the worst jobs record of any American president in modern history. But instead of doing the hard work of meeting face to face with congressional leaders, Democrats and Republicans in the White House, like every other president has done in a crisis, to get Americans the relief they need and deserve, Donald Trump is on the golf course. If I told you this three years ago, you'd look at me like I was being crazy. He hasn't even met with the leadership. He doesn't have time, it appears. We have a climate crisis that Donald Trump refuses to even acknowledge. When he thinks about climate change, all here we hear is the word hoax. The Biden-Harris administration is going to meet the climate crisis, protect the health of the American public. And along the way, we're going to deliver one word, jobs, good-paying jobs. We have a racial cri justice crisis. Donald Trump seeks only to inflame it with his politics of racist rhetoric and appeals to division. You know, today is not only the day I'm proud to introduce Senator Kamala Harris as the vice presidential nominee of the Democratic Party. It's also the third anniversary of that terrible day in Charlottesville. Remember? Remember what it felt like? to see those neo-Nazis, close your eyes, and those Klansmen, white supremacists, coming out of fields, carrying lighted torches, faces contorted, bulging, veins, pouring into the streets of historic American city, spewing the same anti-Semitic bile we heard in Hitler's Germany in the 30s. Remember how it felt to see a violent clash ensue between those celebrating hate and those standing against it. 
It was a wake-up call for all of us as a country. For me, it was a call to action. My father used to say, silence is complicity, not original to him, but he believed it. At that moment, I knew I couldn't stand by and let Donald Trump, a man who went on to say when asked about what he thought, he said there were very fine people on both sides. Quote, very fine people on both sides. No president of the United States of America has ever said anything like that. See him continue to attack everything that makes America, America. I knew we were in the battle for the soul of the nation. That's when I decided to run. And I'm proud now to have Senator Harris at my side in that battle because she shares it with the same intensity I do. For she's someone who knows what's at stake. The question is, for all Americans to answer, who are we as a nation? What do we stand for? And most importantly, what do we want to be? You know, someone who knows that the future of this country is limited only by the barriers we place on our own imaginations, because there's nothing Americans cannot achieve when we put our minds to it and we do it together. One of the reasons I chose Kamala is because we both believe that we can define America simply in one word, possibilities. Possibilities. Let me say it again. Possibilities. That's America. That's what sets this nation apart. Is that everyone, everyone, the ability for everyone, and we mean everyone, to go as far and dream as big as hard work and their God-given ability will take them. When I agreed to serve as President Obama's running mate, <clears throat> He asked me a number of questions, as I've asked Kamala. But the most important was, he said to me, what, he asked me what I wanted, most importantly. I told him I wanted to be the last person in the room before he made important decisions. That's what I asked Kamala. I asked Kamala to be the last voice in the room, to always tell me the truth, which she will. Challenge my assumptions if she disagrees. Ask the hard questions. Because that's the way we make the best decisions for the American people. I got a chance to spend some time at my home today with Kamala and Doug. And I want to thank them, and I thank them then, but thank them publicly for agreeing to join and take this journey with Jill and me. Doug? <laughs> You're going to have to learn what it means to be a barrier breaker yourself in this job you're about to take on. America's first, second gentleman. And all their, although they're not with us here today, I want to thank Ellen Cole as well. I had a chance to speak to Doug's mom and dad and to Ellen Cole. And uh, we're going to get our kids together to let them know what, what's coming. Our, my grandchildren are about the age of uh, their children. I got to speak to them. My campaign has always been a family affair, every campaign I've run. So I've got some news for you.
You're all honorary Bidens. <laughs> and here's the best part. Kamala, you've been an honorary Biden for quite some time. You know, I came first to know who Kamala was through our son, Bo Biden. They were friends. They served as attorneys general at the same time. They took the same big, they took on the same big fights together. Kamala in California, Bo here in Delaware. Big fights that helped change the entire country. I know how much Bo respected Kamala and her work. And that mattered a lot to me, to be honest with you, as I made this decision. So now we need to get to work pulling this nation out of these crises we find ourselves in, getting our economy back on track, uniting this nation, and yes, winning the battle for the soul of America. My fellow Americans, now let me introduce to you, for the first time, your next Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris. Kamala, the floor is yours. Here you go. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. As I said, Joe, when you called me, I am incredibly honored by this responsibility, and I'm ready to get to work. I am ready to get to work. After the most competitive primary in history, the country received a resounding message that Joe was the person to lead us forward. And Joe, I'm so proud to stand with you. And I do so mindful of all the heroic and ambitious women before me whose sacrifice, determination, and resilience makes my presence here today even possible. This is a moment of real consequence for America. Everything we care about our economy, our health, our children, the kind of country we live in. It's all on the line. We're reeling from the worst public health crisis in a century. The president's mismanagement of the pandemic has plunged us into the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. And we're experiencing a moral reckoning with racism and systemic injustice that has brought a new coalition of conscience to the streets of our country demanding change. America is crying out for leadership. Yet we have a president who cares more about himself than the people who elected him. A president who is making every challenge we face even more difficult to solve. But here's the good news. We don't have to accept the failed government of Donald Trump and Mike Pence. In just 83 days, we have a chance to choose a better future for our country. So, Joe, Dr. Biden, thank you for the trust you've placed in me. Jill, I know you will be an incredible first lady. And my husband, Doug, and I are so grateful, grateful 
to become a part of your extended family. And ever since I received Joe's call, I've been thinking, yes, about the first Biden that I really came to know, and that, of course, is Joe's beloved son, one of his beloved sons, Bo. In the midst of the Great Recession, Bo and I spoke on the phone practically every day, sometimes multiple times a day, working together to win back billions of dollars for homeowners from the big banks of the nation that were foreclosing on people's homes. And let me just tell you about Bo Biden. I learned quickly that Bo was the kind of guy who inspired people to be a better version of themselves. He really was the best of us. And when I would ask him, where'd you get that? Where'd this come from? He'd always talk about his dad. And I will tell you, the love that they shared was incredible to watch. It was the most beautiful display of the love between a father and a son. And Bo talked about how Joe would spend four hours every day riding the rails back and forth from Wilmington to Washington so he could make breakfast for his kids in the morning and make it home in time to tuck them in bed each night. All of this, so two little boys who had just lost their mom and their sister in a tragic accident would know that the world was still turning. And that's how I came to know Joe. He's someone whose first response when things get tough is never to think about himself, but to care for everyone else. He's someone who never asks, why is this happening to me? And instead asks, what can I do to make life better for you? His empathy, his compassion, his sense of duty to care for others is why I am so proud to be on this ticket. And Joe and I, yes, we are cut from the same cloth. Family is everything to me, too. And I cannot wait for America to get to know my husband, Doug, and our amazing kids, Cole and Ella. Because whether I'm cheering in the bleachers at a swim meet, or setting up a college room dorm, or helping my goddaughter prepare for her school debate, or building Legos with my godson, or hugging my two baby nieces, or cooking dinner, Sunday dinner, my family means everything to me. And I've had a lot of titles over my career, and certainly Vice President will be great. But Mamala will always be the one that means the most. And you know, my mother and father, uh, they came from opposite sides of the world to arrive in America. One from India and the other from Jamaica in search of a world-class education. But what brought them together was the civil rights movement of the 1960s. And that's how they met as students in the streets of Oakland, marching and shouting for this thing called justice in a struggle that continues today. And I was part of it. My parents would bring me to protest, strapped tightly in my stroller. And my mother, Shamala, raised my sister Maya and me 
to believe that it was up to us and every generation of Americans to keep on marching. She'd tell us, don't sit around and complain about things, do something. So I did something. I devoted my life to making real the words carved in the United States Supreme Court, equal justice under law. And 30 years ago, I stood before a judge for the first time, breathed deep, all right, Chris Stations along the uh, Sean Hannity Show network. Uh, okay, this is one big uh, bumper sticker slogan platitude. Uh, we'll spend a lot of time tonight comparing what Kamala said then, what Joe said then, and what they're saying now. The mob won't do it. Also, when we come back at the bottom of the uh, half hour after the news, uh, we will uh, have my interview with President Trump as we continue. jobs back to America and getting America back to work. This is the Sean Hannity Show. So fascinating to watch these politicians there. Election year conversions. I mean, the things that Kamala was saying about Joe and Joe about, Kam- I guess, is that what we say? It's, it's He said Kamala. Is that? Is that, that is the, correct. It's Kamala. Everyone in the media always says Kamala. They're wrong. Kamala. Uh, you ha- do you have to put the emphasis on Kamala? I, mean, I would. I mean, I'll, I'll do it anyway. Anybody wants their names. I'm not trying to be insulting anybody. That's the last thing I'd want to be. Um, and I'm, be, I'm serious. I, you know, however somebody wants to be addressed i'm all for it so kamala okay well then everyone else got it wrong uh hey listen um we're gonna play my interview with the president coming up after the bottom of the hour uh we're gonna be comparing joe and kamala together uh both before today and after today it's pretty interesting listen building homes for heroes i'm so honored to to just be somebody that is associated with this great organization I mean, they do amazing work, and what they do is they either retrofit existing homes and modify them to meet the specific needs of our brave vets and that come back with these debilitating injuries, and it, it improves the quality of their lives dramatically, or they just build a brand-new home outright, and uh, they're headed now towards their 500th home uh, gifted and, and modified um, and just to expect a few more years, I mean, I've met many of these brave men and women. It transforms their lives in ways you just can't even begin to believe. Uh, anyway, whatever you could donate, every penny you give goes right to the charity. Andy Pujols and the guys over at buildinghomesforheroes.org have done a phenomenal job. They're also still trying to help out veteran families that have been hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. And any help that you can give would be greatly appreciated. A small, large, medium, whatever donation you can. Uh, It's a great organization. I donate myself regularly. Just go to buildinghomesforheroes.org, and I hope you can help this great group out. I mean, our veterans were serving us when we needed the most. They came home with debilitating injuries, and now it's time for us to serve them. They need us. Buildinghomesforheroes.org. Uh, All right, when we come back, my interview with the, the president, we'll get to that. Also, we've got a lot more... Uh, coming up straight ahead, including tonight on Hannity, we have the vice president. We have Willie Brown is going to join us. 
That's going to be interesting. He was the one advising uh, Kamala Harris uh, to uh, not take the nomination. If, in fact, it was offered, uh, why did he offer that advice? I don't know. Should be interesting to find out why. Um, what he was thinking, his thoughts. He's known her for a long, long time. Uh, they've got a lot of issues that the mainstream media mob will never vet will do their job for them. But when we come back, my interview with the president, Donald J. Trump, as we continue, 800-941-SHAWN, part of, be a part of the program. Don't forget, uh, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere, 40% discount, live free or die. Finally, in bookstores, thanks for launching us weeks one and two, number one in the country, 800-941-SHAWN, if you want to be a part of this this extravaganza. Amazon, by the way, and Costco's and Walmart and and, and Target, Barnes & Noble, they all have discounts. Now at Amazon.com, uh, it's 40% off. And if you can, share it with a liberal friend. And, and you know what? We got to win this election. Because otherwise, if they implement these stated policies... Uh, yeah, oh, we can't have health insurance, Kamala Harris. Great. Medicare for all, New Green Deal, the most radical ticket ever. This is even worse than when I uh, first conceived the book. And it really is the working title in Latin at the bottom, Live Free or America Will Die. It, there's, we don't recover from what they're going to do to the country. It is the most radical extreme positions ever taken by any major political party. And the mob is lying to you and covering up how radical they are. And frankly, how weak and frail Joe is. It's sad. Uh, anyway, Hannity.com, Amazon.com, Costco's, bookstores everywhere, Barnes & Noble, you name it. Uh, I Last night I had a chance to get the first reaction from the president as it relates to Kamala Harris. Let's go to that uh, tape. Let's start with uh, the big news today. Kamala Harris, your, your initial thoughts. Well, if you read the various uh, political pundits, you would have said that maybe that would have been the one a lot of people think it's a dangerous choice. I think, you know, she's the most liberal person supposedly in the Senate. That's pretty liberal, but she's supposed to be the most. I'm not sure that's what the country wants. I think if it is, we've got problems, but I would be surprised if it is. She wants to raise taxes. She wants to get rid of your Second Amendment. No guns for protection, no nothing. She's very strong in the Second Amendment, getting rid of it. And uh, very bad to the military. She wants to cut the military. She wants to cut spending for the military and the vets. And, uh, you know, I don't quite get the choice, but we'll have it out. We have a great vice president named Mike Pence, and he will take care of business just like uh, he did the last time against a different candidate. Well, uh, Vice President Pence, by the way, will exclusively join us on this program tomorrow. Let, let's go through some of the specifics. She was one of the first Democrats to co-sponsor, I call him Bolshevik Bernie, Bernie Sanders, who, by the way, he used to be an outlier in the Democratic Party um, and, and way outside the Democratic mainstream. Uh, she co-sponsored his not only his single payer, Medicare for all, which would be anywhere estimates from 32 to 54 trillion dollars. She wanted to eliminate private health insurance, even for Americans that like their plan. 
Um, that sounds extreme, sir. Well, that's 180 million people, and they love their plan, not like it, and they don't want to take it away. And if you go into socialized medicine, which is what she wants and supports strongly, and it's what Biden wants, ultimately, it's not going to have a choice because his party wants it. The people that really control the party, he will never control the party. They want it. That means you're destroying something that 180 million people love. They have a plan that they really like. That's a, that's a very hard thing to do. Very hard thing to do. And by the way, I have to say, Larry and Leo and Janine and uh, your great senator, John Kennedy, who's fantastic, and Carl Rove, who's been so great last. You know, Carl and I had our disputes previously. We like each other a lot now. He's been great. But Carl was great tonight. And I, I will say that was uh, some little precast I had on. That was very impressive. Thank you. <laughs> that, 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 that's, I guess that we call that the opening act, uh, Mr. President. Um, well, they were good. The things, they were good. I, I've talked a lot about this, and when you were a candidate, I asked you many, many times about the need for America to become energy independent. And you went forward with the Keystone XL pipeline, uh, the Dakota pipeline. You've opened Anwar, and for the first time in 75 years, America is now energy independent. And we're now also, it's been a longer period of time, the largest producer of energy in the entire world. Uh, she was a co-sponsor in the U.S. Senate of this radical Green New Deal. Uh, Joe Biden has already pledged trillions of taxpayer dollars for, for that plan. Um, and uh, all I see is that would eliminate, uh, you know, the lifeblood of the, the world's economy, America's economy in, in the next 10 years, according to the original plan that she, again, was a co-sponsor of. How do you see that in terms of the geopolitical, strategic, even defense uh, of this country? Because that, to me, is a crucial program that uh, is scary. You know, to go back to energy independent, uh, dependence is scary to me. Well, we are now energy independent for the first time, I guess, ever. And uh, we're very powerful on energy, and, and uh, we... When we had the pandemic hit us from China, which should have never happened, they should have never let that happen. But uh, there was obviously uh, a lot of energy around, and we saved it. I saved it. We called Russia, President Putin. We called the King of Saudi Arabia. They cut 10 million barrels of oil a day, and uh, we saved the energy, and now we're at $41 a barrel. But more importantly for the people driving cars, we're around $2 and even less a gallon, and that's fantastic. She's against petroleum. She's against fracking. So is Biden. And that means you can't win Texas. You can't win Pennsylvania. You can't win Oklahoma or North Dakota or many other states. And it also means your electric bills would go up literally by 10 times. You wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be even sustainable. And if they went with this crazy Gruden, it's, it's like child's play. If they went with the so-called Green New Deal, you're talking about uh, a, a catastrophic for the country. You'd probably have to close 20 to 25 percent of your businesses even to qualify. And they wouldn't function properly because we don't have that kind of energy. It's crazy. This can't, they can't power our massive. We have these massive plants some of which and many of which are being built under me. The car companies are moving back from Japan and from other countries coming in from Germany. They're coming back to America first time in 42 years. And uh, you can't 
even think about firing up those plants with the kind of things they're talking about. Let me go to, you know, I played at the beginning of the program. It was interesting to me that you had tweeted out almost within minutes today uh, the ad about Kamala Harris. And did you have an instinct that it was going to be Kamala or perhaps the names that had been mentioned the most? Did you have ads prepared for all of them? No, but we uh, really have some very talented people. It was quick. And we have some talented people. Yeah, I thought it might be her. Because if you remember, she was going to do very well. She was one of the people that was projected to have a chance at winning. And all she did is people got to know her. She went down. She finished at 2%, probably less than that. And she fled. Remember how quickly she said horrible things about Biden. The one thing I, I felt he couldn't do. I mean, she took what somebody said about her, some horrible things about what was said about Joe, and she said she agreed with the woman that said him. That was a terrible statement. And I said, you know, just that statement alone. But she made terrible statements. She essentially called him a racist and other things that were very bad. And, you know, I said, we probably can't pick her, but let's do something on her because people were saying it could happen. And we had others in mind also. We had some we had some other choices. She was my number one draft pick. She was the one that I thought would be uh, the best for us. Your number one, Mike will your number one draft easily. pick? Mike is a pro. Let's ask about law and order, which is now on the ballot. Your reaction to this whole defund the police effort madness that's going on in the country? Well, it's ridiculous, and we should do the opposite of defunding. We should help the police more. They have been taken, their guts have been taken out, and it's it's very sad. Now, we've talked to the governor. If you look at Oregon and, and you look at what's going on out there, we're willing to help. You know, we need, they're supposed to call and say, please send help. But, you know, honestly, they have 10,000 great uh, law enforcement people there, Really, they can take care of it themselves, but we'd be glad to send in the National Guard and solve the problem like we did in Minneapolis. We solved that problem in one hour after they arrived. We can do it in Portland so easy. We can do it in Chicago, a little more difficult. It's a different kind of a problem. One is anarchists, and the other are people that go around indiscriminately shooting everyone uh, and themselves. But we can solve the problems if they ask. They have to ask. We're ready, willing, and able. We went to Portland to save the courthouse, if you can believe it, an expensive courthouse, a beautiful courthouse. It was going to be destroyed. It was going to be set on fire, and the mayor wasn't saving it, and the governor of the state wasn't going to save it. So we sent Homeland Security, 300 people, and they. it was very easy for them. They could have marched forward. They're not allowed to do that. They have very strong restrictions, unfortunately, and they were uh, they surrounded it and they protected it and it's fine and they're still there by the way the you know the mayor likes to say they they're still there they're there to protect the courthouse it's not for them to do anything beyond that they're not allowed to but we can have uh, the national guard go in and clean out portland in a matter of hours less than hours but uh, they have to ask us for that and they don't want to ask. And it's not because they're too proud. It's because they truly don't have a clue as to what's happening. Biden and Obama, they had eight years. Why did your policy set records? And why did they give us end up after eight years? We had 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty. And 
the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. Why didn't their economic plan work and why is yours working, considering this is going to be the biggest choice election, I would argue, in history? So one reason is they didn't care. They never even tried to get criminal justice reform, which is a big deal. And I got it, and nobody else was able to get it, and I don't think anybody else could have gotten it. And uh, they never really tried. They never really helped the uh, black colleges and universities. They call them historically black colleges and universities. They never, they never helped. And these wonderful people, like 40 people, 42 people, would come up, the heads of each college. And after two years of seeing them, I say, why do you people keep coming back? Why are you continuing to come back? Well, we have to come back and ask for money. I said, every year you have to ask for money? Every year? That's, not, that's terrible. And one man said something, a wonderful guy in charge of one of the colleges, the head person at one of these really good colleges, said to me, yeah, they make us feel like beggars. Because every year they make us come back for money. And you've been doing this for years? They said, yes, sir, we've been doing this for years. I said, we have to give you long-term financing, and we have to give you a number that's higher than you're asking for. And I did that. And Obama could have done that, too, but he didn't. He could have done that. And he could have possibly at least tried criminal justice reform. He didn't even try. I've done more for the black community than any other president other than perhaps Abraham Lincoln. And I will tell you, uh, when you look at what we did with Tim Scott on Opportunity Zones, it's incredible. The jobs that we're producing for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, but the jobs that we're producing, Tim Scott's incredible. The jobs that we're producing was an idea that Tim had, and we took it and we made it into an incredible thing where Jobs are being done, and, and areas that haven't been invested in in decades are are being brought back. It's an incredible thing to see. And we did these things, and Obama didn't do it. And this mostly helps the minority communities, the black community. It's incredible what's happened. It's actually incredible some of the things we've done. Mr. President, you've been very generous with your time. Uh, we're 84 days to go, uh, and uh, we've got, uh, now we have, okay, it's you and Governor Pence, uh, well, Vice President Pence, former governor, and uh, Kamala Harris and Joe will watch closely. Uh, I appreciate you uh, being with us, sir, and uh, we'll continue to update people, and thank you. Whenever you can join us, we love having you on the program. Thank you. Thanks a lot, John. Thank you very much. And that was the president from last night. Tonight, by the way, Mike Pence will join us as first interview uh, since Kamala Harris was named. Also, Willie Brown, who said, my advice if offered this job to Kamala was don't take it. Why did he say that? We'll get to that. Well, a full election analysis. We have Ari Fleischer. We have Senator Cotton, Larry and Leo and Dan and Geraldo and Lawrence, our 2020 correspondent on the ground. All coming up. Nine Eastern set your DVR. Hannity, Fox News. Don't forget Hannity.com, our electoral map. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity.com, Amazon.com, live free or die. America and the world on the brink, 40% off on Amazon and uh, in bookstores everywhere. Discounted, by the way, Barnes & Noble, discounted Walmart, Target, even Kroger's, uh, Costco's, all these great, great stores. Anyway, Hannity.com for all of that. Uh, Hannity on uh, Fox News tonight, 9 Eastern, Fox News Channel. Set your DVR. We're loaded up tonight. we got a great group. Uh, we're going to be joined by Mike Pence, the vice president, his first interview since the announcement of Kamala Harris. Willie Brown, why did he advise Kamala not to take the position if offered? Ari Fleischer, 
Senator Tom Cotton, Larry and Leo, Dan and Geraldo, and Lawrence's our 2020 correspondent on the ground, and Rick Rennell. 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox News, Hannity.com for our election map, and, of course, Live Free or Die. See you tonight at 9. Please set your DVR. We'll be back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us.